What's Your Take podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it is the easiest way to create a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it could be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, Mom. Hi, Megs. Welcome back to our podcast, What's Your Take? We are a mother-daughter duo. And we're discussing all the things. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast. Thank you again for tuning in this week. Today's episode is an interview with Broncos reporter and producer Alexis Perry. We have a really good discussion with her. I hope you guys can take a lot from this episode. She's just super inspirational. So enjoy. We kind of just jump right into the interview. So that's why I wanted to do a little intro. Oh my gosh, I just want to just kind of start out and, yeah. and just ask you, first of all, thank you for being on our podcast. We were so excited. You replied to one of my stories once and I was like, why don't I have her on? <laughs> well, it's so funny. I love how you and I met. That's I know. one of my all-time favorite stories. I mean, your daughter, let me tell you, <laughs> is the most amazing woman. Okay. I walked into the store and I just needed help. I needed a girl's day. I just needed a little bit of something. And there's oh Meg, like, let me help you. I would love to just get you all dolled up. And yeah. It was the best shopping experience that I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, oh. there were times I'd just walk in just to come say hi. Like, oh. like I don't I know. have the cash to spend right now on a whole new wardrobe, but like, I just want to come see what's up. Oh, that's so cute. That store is such good. Um, it definitely was like fun. Yeah. Good, good, good vibes. vibes. I just don't work there anymore. But you and I also just hit it off. Like there were some customers I had that I'm like, you know, that you just like d- sometimes don't vibe with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so. like, I want to be your friend. Like, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Seriously. No, I agree. That's, that's why we hit it off so well. It was like easy shopping. Like, <laughs> like she was a customer, but also I think I'm going to go get drinks with her. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so Alexis, I was wondering, could you, I'm just so interested. I'm always interested in hearing people's story. Like, can you just tell us a little about, you know, are you from Colorado? A little bit about, especially How you as got a, started. A, a young woman or as a girl, kind of like going back in time a yeah. little bit to share your story yeah. with our listeners. It's like a job that. interview. Yeah. No. <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> I haven't talked about my childhood or kind of the years growing up in a long time so yeah do it what asked in an interview nobody actually asked me where I was from yeah Um, and you're always the interviewee exactly you're the interviewer interviewer yeah she's interviews and so I always have a ton of questions for everyone else and no one if you if you actually think about it like it's crazy that no one actually ever asks you like hey where are you from too like I'm curious like interviews are so much of like you know, me actually doing my job, I'll ask you all the questions, you do all the answering, but it's like, how this to be a conversation? Like, I want to learn a little bit yeah. about you, yeah. learn a little bit about me, and maybe we can have a relationship after this. Yeah, so, the chances yeah. are there would be a connection of some sort, like, oh, I used to live there, I know someone, or so Yeah, on. like you say, yeah. oh, I'm from here, and it's like, oh, I had a college friend that's from that city, or... 
small world all around. Yeah. Exactly. So there's not a lot of people know that originally I'm from Fresno, California. Uh-huh. Most people I think think that I was born and raised here in Colorado. I did go to junior high and high school here in Parker, Colorado. So oh. my like formative years were here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was a California girl my entire life. Um, really, was really into sports for as long as I can remember. I played every sport from basketball to volleyball. I swam. I just did a little bit of everything. But my dad, he was kind of the one that. I don't know, just Sundays were special in our house, whether we were watching football or whether we were watching NASCAR. You know, Sundays were kind of a big deal for us as a family to get together and and watch sports together. So I just always grew up like, I just had this gut feeling like I'm supposed to work in sports. And we moved from Fresno when I was in, it was at the end of seventh grade. Um, heading into eighth grade. So it was a really tough time to kind of move. Just being a young girl, I mean, how old are you there? 13? Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Hard years. Switching schools yeah. as a seventh to eighth grade. I switched schools time. as a seventh grade, yeah. too. No Hard way. times. Yeah. Yeah, really tough Maybe time. that's how we get along. Yeah. I know. So well, then. Because part of that that was so difficult when I moved was making new friends. Mm-hmm. And I always had a little bit of a tough time once I moved to Colorado, just making really good girlfriends. It's mm-hmm. like, I remember growing up and all these girls, like, I mean, you had your clique, right? Like, I know Sarah and Ravana and like all my girlfriends from back home. And the second I moved, I kind of lost that, you know, girlfriend connection. Though yeah. I've always strived to make more girlfriends than here in Colorado. But obviously, my career path. That didn't help. No. I <laughs> mean, all males. Like, you know, it's all males. Uh, there's some great females that I work with, too. Some really wonderful, um, supportive women in the industry. But for the most part, I would say, you know, 90% of the sports industry is all men. So it's it's been fun. It's crazy. You know, we definitely want to hear more yeah. about how it is to be a woman in a male-dominated industry. Um, Maybe industry, profession, but also NFL sports, right? You're a reporter for specifically male sports. But if we can still go back, one of my favorite questions when I talk to students um, about careers is thinking about, you know, and you answered it already, Like, but when you were 11, what did you used to do for fun when you were 11 years old? But now kind of moving through, did you attend college in California? Did you get a degree in any kind of journalism or broadcasting? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so in high school, when I came to Colorado and I was kind of struggling making friends and things like that, um, I decided, I actually had torn rotator cuffs. Um, Mm. Both arms too. Isn't that crazy? That's unfortunate. So instead of playing sports, like that's how you make friends. You join a club join a sports team and you make friends that way well of course just a few months before I moved from California to Colorado I tore both my rotator cuffs. how did you do that playing volleyball 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 yeah oh, no. I was a right and a left side hitter I was pretty ambidextrous so Dang. so you, you did know, both. Kind of, I was definitely wearing them down on both arms and so uh when I moved the doctor told me hey we kind of highly recommend if you're not going to do surgery we highly recommend that you kind of put your volleyball career aside and I had all these dreams I was like I'm going to be the next Misty May I'm going to the Olympics I really wasn't that good to be honest <laughs> I had dreams right so instead of just being able to make friends and high school I joined the newspaper staff I figured you know what if I can't play sports maybe I can take pictures or I can write about them 
or something like that. So my freshman year, I was just kind of a, a sports photographer, and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Like, I was kind of in, on the sidelines in between all those boys during a Friday night football game, just the smell. Like, it was disgusting, but it was so <laughs> moments. Um, and then as years went on, I ended up uh, creating my own sports column called Perry's Playbook. Um, so I kind of break down the games each month and things like that. Um, my senior year as the editor-in-chief of the entire paper, and I just fell in love with journalism and telling stories, specifically sports stories. So when looking for colleges, I was looking for a really good either... I was looking to go into broadcasting. Um, so I was looking for a really good journalism school. And I was between CU and CSU. I only applied to those two schools because I just I didn't want to leave Colorado. It's funny, coming from California, you'd think that I'd apply to go back home. But once I was here, I just absolutely loved it. I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. So I, um, I didn't get into CSU. And everybody's like, wait, how'd you get into CU but not CSU? And I ended up calling because I was actually more interested in their journalism program than the one at CU. And apparently they had lost a portion of my application. I had, you know, or an essay, a 250-word essay that they said that they never received. And I was like... A damn mailman, really? Oh <laughs> <laughs> my letter! Like, I don't also, know. you think they would tell you, like, hey, I think we're missing a portion. No, but I was like, really? You guys couldn't call me and tell me that you guys lost um, part of my application? Like, that's really unfortunate because I was really interested in your journalism program. They're like, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm like, okay, well, I still got in to see you, so great. This is, I guess, the path that I'm supposed to be on, and. It's so funny thinking back to it because I remember how heartbroken I was that I didn't get into CSU because I was like, oh, there goes my future. I don't mm-hmm. know if CU's journalism program is going to be good. You know, does that mean I'm just not going to get a good job? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And you know what? Sometimes God just forces things. Like, it probably wasn't the mailman who lost my essay. It was God just snatching that up. Yeah. Like, you need to go to CU. Yeah, so, things happen for a reason. Majorly, And so I went to CU and I joined their journalism program there and they have this really cool club. It was called CU Sports Mag. And as you would think mag would mean magazine, it was actually a live to tape kind of like sports center show. It was in the studio. I know when I joined, I kind of wasn't sure what I was getting into. I'm like, is this a magazine? Is this a broadcast show? What are we doing here? Um, and so I joined this club and I met all these wonderful people and literally my best girlfriends from college. Everybody's like, were you in a sorority? Cause you totally remind me of a sorority girl. And I was like, no, I was in Steve sports mag. That's where I met all my girlfriends, all my guy friends, literally the best people ever were in this club. And so that was amazing. Yeah. And then on top of it, because CU had just become a part of the PAC 12 conference, the Pac-12, they had started putting on sporting events. Obviously, you know, all the CU sporting events from basketball games to football games, um, and they had a ton of student positions. So, you know, I was in class one day, and the dean come in, and he was like, hey, heads up, everyone, just, you know, Pac-12 Network, they have some, you know, student positions. If you guys want to apply, it could be really good experience for you guys. And nobody kind of got up to to go apply or put their name down and I was like this is crazy like why does nobody want to do this so as I read the fine print 
it was, you know, a student runner position, which means, you know, going to the grocery store for a production crew, putting out the big table of food and snacks and everything, drinks for a crew. Um, or it was a utility job, kind of, I'm sure you guys remember anytime they've been to a sporting event, you see the cameraman, and then you see usually the guy behind the cameraman holding the cable, uh-huh. mm. um, kind of like rolling up the cable behind yeah. him to make people don't trip or whatever. Yeah. But there were positions, and I was like, okay, so these are like bottom of the totem pole, but like, <laughs> I'm going to start somewhere, right? So... I signed up, and I will never forget, you guys. I went. It was uh, Coors Event Centers for a basketball game, and I had no idea what I was getting myself to. I wore sandals. Like, it was, like, <laughs> warm enough outside. I just kind of wore these, like, cute little sandals, and I show up, and it was crazy because the production manager was a woman, really strong, powerful woman. Like she was impressive and I just wanted to impress her. And she came out and she was like, what are you wearing? (laughs) What? Like what I do. And she was like, you need close toed shoes for this position. Are you, are you nuts? That makes sense. I live like five minutes away. I'll be right back. I'm so sorry. And no joke. I, either was a student runner or I was pulling cable for every football game, every basketball game, women's basketball games, everything for the entire, pretty much four years that I was there. Wow. Good for you though. It was when I missed class. Um, but I will say that was like a perk of CU too. Like I would go to my professors and I'd be like, Hey, I have this opportunity to work for the Pac-12 network this Friday. I have to be there to set up the, you know, mm-hmm. there with the rest of the production crew to set up for the event at noon. And that's exactly when your class is. So is there any way? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get like real life experience. You can yeah. catch up, come to office hours. Like people were so understanding. That's great. And so I gained a ton of experience while I was up at CU. Wow. I was working multiple times a week. By the time I was a senior, I had a full-time job with a um, NFL, I shouldn't say NFL, because it had no association with the league. It was like a, um, it was a blog. Mm. It was a startup blog that some guys from Mile High Sports Magazine, which I'm sure people in town have heard of, or at least the radio station heard Mm. of. And my senior year, I applied for a position there and the experience I got just in, it was like six months that I worked for this blog, completely startup. I was the AFC and NFC East senior managing editor, reading people's articles about, you know, obviously the teams that are in those divisions. And I'm like, all of a sudden get, thinking to myself, like I'm 21 years old reading these guys like articles about teams in the AFC East what am I, how did I get here? This is so whirlwind. Like, this is crazy. Like, all of a sudden, I'm actually working in the business, kind of. Cause, like I said, it was a blog. Yeah. Um, but you still have to get in there somehow, you know? You had to do it, right? I know. Yeah. Did you have that, was that an example? Like, did you have that imposter syndrome during that time? Or was that, or were there other times as well? Like, you're like, why am, how did I get here? Why am I here? Yeah, there were a few times where I'm like, just thinking back to that path, right? Yeah. Like, I think about not getting into CSU and, yeah. you know, CU Sports yeah. Magazine. I literally thought it was a magazine. I didn't know that it was a broadcast. <laughs> yeah. that experience. And then just, you know, 
putting my name down on a sheet being like, yeah, like I'll, I'll do a Pac-12 game. It's just so funny to think of those like teeny tiny little decisions that you make along the way that end up being so huge in your life. And it it literally paved the path for me to get to where I am today. And, you know, people have taken chances on me too. It's not like, you know, when I first applied for my very first on-air position at Pepsi Center back in 2014, I was the youngest applicant by far. You know, obviously, I just graduated. Mm-hmm. May 2014, I graduated. In June, May, June, July, June or July, I had applied for this position at Pepsi Center. It was at an arena host uh, producer position for the Denver Nuggets. And that's a pretty big gig. Like, that's hosting all 41 home games, producing NBA content. And I'm like, this is kind of a big deal. And I have no experience Uh other than what I've done behind the scenes. And it's actually funny because the only reason why I got the opportunity to begin with was from working behind the scenes. Wow. My future boss saw me at Pepsi Center oh. one night when I was pulling cable. I recognize her. <laughs> because the gal, do you remember the gal who I was trying to impress, the yeah. production manager? Yeah. He ended up being the production manager and crewer for ESPN, Dang. TNT, like all these massive networks. And her and I totally hit it off. And she was like, I want you to work on, you know, bigger games. She was yeah. like, the the college stuff's fun, but you know, come work for, come work an NBA game, come work an NHL game. It'll be a blast. And I'm like, okay. So here I am at Pepsi center and my future boss, Steve Johnston, he walked by and he was like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? And he was like, are are you on camera or why are you like in an ESPN polo? What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm pulling cable. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> Work a game. And he was like, is this what you want to do? Do you want to be behind the scenes? Do you want to be in front of the camera? Like, what are your goals? And I was like, honestly, I would love to be on camera, but I, I'm loving what I'm doing right now, too. I'm gaining a ton of experience and I loved being a part of a crew. That's awesome. Those guys were awesome. You know, I'm so proud of you. You took a risk. You were looking at when that person from CU came into that classroom and no one was jumping at the chance and you were looking around and you jumped at the chance, even though it was being a runner or pulling cable. You took a chance and you stuck with it. And I'm sure it has happened in many other ways, too, where one thing leads to another and leads to another. And you're already describing some of that. Well, employers always say, too, like, I think they admire people that have grit and, like, are willing to do the dirty work, you know? Yeah. You're not, you're not like, ashamed to pull cables or whatever. Yeah. Well, do it. Yes. So I still, to this day, you know, obviously when things are, quote, unquote, normal and we're not dealing with COVID-19 and things like me, during the summers, I'll still go out and pull cable for Rockies games. Oh, good for you. But people think, like, gosh, why do you want to get your hands dirty? Like, it doesn't seem like a lot of fun. It's really not the work that's the fun part. It's the people. Oh. Like, the crews of these, like, 30 guys who I've known since it's pretty much the same crew that was there the day that I wore sandals to (laughs) Queen's events. They've known you, yeah. It's the exact same crew. So these guys have literally seen me grow up over the past decade in this business. And while I do, you know, some on-camera stuff, they always just think of me and treat me like 
the little college girl who showed up wearing sandals the oh, first day at course awesome. so it's, that's crazy. it's why I still do it has nothing to do with you know pulling cable or making a couple bucks it's yeah it's just Cool. That is, yeah, what a great story. Hey, Alexis, you mentioned the woman um, that you met early on in your career who was already in a higher position. Is she, or or are there other women who you em- emulate to become? Is it, or whether they're mentors you know, directly with you or just people you look to, say, you know, five to ten years from now, mm-hmm. what you would like to be? Is there anyone like that out there for you? You know, I, there are so many women in this industry that I, I can aspire to be like. There's, you know, everyone from Aaron Andrews, you know, Carissa Thompson. There's just so many really strong, smart women who are on camera positions. But it's the relationships really built are with women who have been behind the scenes. Just because when you're in an on-camera role, usually there's not a ton of other women in a similar role. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have a ton of mentors who are on-camera talent who are women. A lot of men, yes, for sure. But when it comes to women, it's mainly the people behind the scenes. Um, the gal I mentioned earlier, she's one of them. But my, I would say the person I aspire to be the most like uh, is someone that, you know, folks listening, they would never know who she is. Um, but she has her name on the Stanley Cup twice. Her name is Charlotte Graham, and she is very high up in the Colorado Avalanche organization. And she is classiest, most, I don't even know how to describe her. Just, she's like, and I know she would be the first to tell you that she's not perfect, but she's perfect. (laughs) It's amazing. And, you know, she's an older gal. I think she's getting ready to retire here um, to finally spend some time with her grandkids. But when I was coming up in the business, everybody always said, you know, Charlotte Graham is who you're going to need when I was working for the Avs. Charlotte Graham's stamp of approval is the one that you really need. Um, You know, the players, whatever, coach, whatever, PR, whatever. If Charlotte Graham likes you, you're set. Nice. And I Every time I'd come around her, my heart would start beating. It was like she was like Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's just Charlotte. And so funny because I got to know her over, you know, the few years that I worked for the abs. And she was no one to ever be nervous around. She was just a a kind, um, sweet woman who just had some of the best advice um, for me personally. And, you know, I was young and I was coming up in an industry that was, like we've talked about, male-dominated. And she just had some of the best advice Um, it's so important as female as women to have that female mentor to help um, guide us or just to emulate you know I want to be or I want to take on some of their characteristics or their qualities even if they're not in the exact as you said like role that you're doing yeah um wait I have a quick I guess just clarification question what is your exact job title like reporter or what do you say you know yeah it's um producer host reporter denver broncos broadcast productions oh, right. I love it. <laughs> and I you know, used a lot to do of apps. That work for the digital social team and things like that um it's funny we're structured a little bit differently and we have a broadcast team and a digital team but um we kind of overlap a little bit too. We mm-hmm. all help each other out. So um, most people are like, "Oh, you're the web reporter for the Broncos." I was like, "Technically, 
I'm the broadcast reporter. <laughs> Good. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's just a, that's a, little, <laughs> that's a like, little detail. You can yeah. still find pretty much everything I do on the web. So. Yeah. So then how long did you work for the abs? So you started with abs. Um, so how long did you work for the abs? And then how long? You just recently started with the Broncos, right? Right. So okay. I actually started with the Denver Nuggets. Okay. That's what you're saying. When I met my future boss at Pepsi Center, I had an audition for the Nuggets job, and I ended up getting that job, um, and I held it for two years. But pretty early on, once mm-hmm. I started with Nuggets, I've been a hockey girl my entire life. Uh, so we're a hockey yeah, family over hockey. here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I loved you guys. <laughs> I knew you were hockey people. Yes. <laughs> I've always wanted to play hockey growing up, but girls were not allowed to in my day. And so actually Maggie did play for I played for like a week, but Colorado. I wasn't good. She played for Colorado Girls Select. It was the first year it came out and you know, she has the proud jersey. That's like her oh, favorite story, but I was so bad. But was, my younger brother plays college hockey. Yeah, right now. All three of the kids have played hockey. We love hockey. But anyway, yeah. I knew I loved you guys. Yeah. You so, can come over I know. Here we are going off talking about hockey, but back to you. Okay. So you started with um the abs. Yeah, started with the nuggets. Oh the nuggets, nuggets, sorry. And then early on with the nuggets, I told my boss Steve, I was like, Hey, I love what I'm doing. I'm very grateful. However, <laughs> however the abs job ever opens up, you don't even need to post it. Like, I'll just slide right on over <laughs> and I'll over. It'll I be great. love it. No worries. And he was like I've only been in this role for like a couple of months and you're already asking for a different job. <laughs> I love it. But it was good. So I, I earned my stripes in the NBA and then I moved over to the NHL. I, you know, did three seasons with the Avalanche. And then June, was it June? No, July. July 1st, uh, 2019 was my first day with the Denver Broncos. Oh, wow. wow. That just last year. year. Just yeah. last year. All this right. Season with the team and it has been crazy. Oh, especially during COVID too. I'm sure it's just like what? Yeah, Alexis, I'm so sorry, but I went back. You described that you had an audition. Can you describe? Yeah, what's what an audition did like? you do for your audition for? I believe it was the Nuggets position, right? Yep. So what was it in 2014? And they told us that they wanted us to produce an in arena show, like a pregame show and a halftime show and be prepared to kind of deal with some other live elements that you might have to experience um, if you, you know, get this position. Okay. So I was like, like, I don't know how to prepare for this, but we'll yeah. figure it out. So I did my little, you know, game show, like a five-minute show that I had written, and I sent in all the elements that I needed them to put up on Pepsi Vision for the show. And, and that part went fine um, because I prepped for it, and I had, like, memorized my script, and I, you know, for a week I talked to myself in the mirror, and I yeah. even put – I didn't know if they were going to test me with putting an IFB in my ear um, and dealing with somebody talking in your ear as oh, you're trying. Oh. Ooh, that's hard. That would be really so hard. Like listen to podcasts. I put podcasts in my ears while I was. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, get my script out while I was preparing. I'm like, I'm ready for anything. Okay, I was not ready for the you know, quote unquote actor that they gave me to do a live in arena interview with. They said, Hey, you know, part of this role, you never know who you're going to interview. So we're going to give you 60 seconds to learn as much as you can about this guy right here, um, and then you'll interview him live. And I'm like, About what? And they're like whatever you learned. And I'm like, oh boy, okay. That was a challenge because he was one of those guys who I talked to him for 60 seconds. I learned a ton about him. And then the second he got on camera, he froze. 
and he was awkward and he didn't have anything to say. And so the and he was an actor. Did he do that yeah. on purpose? Yeah, he was an he actor. Did it on purpose. They hired like, him. Oh. With these situations, this stuff happens a ton. Yeah, and I just roll with the punches, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So got through that. It was wow. I don't think I did very well, to be honest. But the main thing was um, that I thought kind of tricked me to. Or I didn't think I was going to get the job. Um, they said, hey, we're going to throw up a, a graphic, a stat graphic on Pepsi Vision that you've never seen before. Um, talk through the graphic kind of try to absorb as much as you can in the first, you know, two or three seconds and then start talking. Ah. Wow. I struggled horribly. I think I mispronounced every name on the graphic. I had no idea what I was talking about, looking at. It was really confusing at the time. And so at the end, I kind of like laughed it off and I was like, okay, you guys, like I still have the mic in my head, right? Okay, you guys, that was terrible. So can we do that again? And they're like, well, it's kind of a one-time deal, you know? And I was like, I know. And you guys can use that first take for the actual, you know, application or the audition portion. I was like, I just have to do this again for my own sake. Good for you. Because that was horrific. And they were like, okay, yeah, let's uh, throw it back up. Let's do it one more time. Got through it. I think I fixed all the pronunciations. I got through the stats correctly. Um, two weeks later, when I got the call from Steve telling me that I got the job, he said I was the only person that struggled through a portion of the audition who asked to do something again. Wow. Like, what? And he was like, I will say, he's like, that was a big reason why we chose you because we could tell your personality and that you're kind of almost a little bit of a perfectionist in a way uh-huh. where you can walk out of there feeling like you failed epically at that. Like you wanted to try again. He was like, you're the only person who had the courage to ask to try again. And I was like, hell, I would ask to do the whole thing again, actually. You know, that, that epic fail and what we, I love it. You're, you're providing so many lessons for us, our listeners, for all of us. Like take the chance, ask for a redo. What's like, the worst that they can say? You they know? can say no. Sorry, it's over. Okay, well, I didn't want to leave yeah. here without asking. Good and you're you. right. Like they want someone that is, I don't know, like not everything's always going to go smoothly live. Yeah. So like if you can kind of roll up the punches and you probably saw that and he's, thinking to himself, all right, this is the right candidate. Like, yeah. this is... The big thing is not ever being afraid of other people. Yeah. Like, it's so hard because, like, you're in a... Say if you're in a job interview, or in my case, it was an audition. Like, if you say something that you don't love, or if you're like, wait, I don't even know why I said that. Yeah. Like, that's not me. I'm just trying to be perfect right now because the job interview how I really feel. I think people respect that yeah, more. I agree. Yeah, the authentic yeah. person. It's like, be real with people, and don't be afraid to fall on your face. And if you fall on your face, don't be afraid to ask for a redo. Yeah. Get it every time. Probably not, but I mean, you definitely won't get it if you don't ask. Yeah. Seriously. I I just, I bet since then, I know you probably have questions in your back pocket now anticipating any future interviews where there are going to be people who are you know I would be one of those people like I would freeze you know I don't even 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 know I
know, it's just, you know, yeah. so how, I'm, I'm curious, do you have sort of one or two go-to types of categories of questions that help someone like if when you're frozen. in that live interview and you, you're saying this, this isn't going so well, I need them to give me a better, at least kind of response. Is there something that you have in your back pocket that you, it's not really a verbal thing because if people are afraid to speak on camera, they're just going to be afraid. So I, there's not like a specific question depending on, you know, the subject that you can just throw out and be like, you know, like the classic, Hey, where are you from? Yeah. Like, of 18,000 Pepsi Center during an abs game, people are like, okay, we don't care. Like, Let's just get to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where's the free stuff? Like, are you going to give us anything? Is anything going to fall from the rafters? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I think the biggest thing that you can do for people who are kind of afraid or, or nervous to be interviewed, if you're in person, it's a touch. It's actually a physical thing. Oh. You can put your hand on their, their shoulder or kind of wrap your arm around them and kind of bring them in close to you just so they feel a little oh. bit more. It's a comfort thing, right? Like when you're up in front of, say, 18,000 people doing an interview, you're nervous and you don't feel comfortable and you kind of feel like you're like up there alone, naked. So make them not feel alone. Yeah. Put your arm and just kind of, hey, we're friends. Like we're just having a friendly conversation. Like, yeah. Don't fret. You know what I mean? Awesome. That's. I was just curious. Well, no, it. you're right because if they're not already speaking, asking more questions probably won't prompt them to do so. Right. And um, help them like fill in the blank. You know, if they're kind of struggling, you could be like, you know what? I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fill in the blank you know yeah 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 yeah. you know what i can right now you're trying to describe that amazing past you just threw (laughs) i'm not surprised why you've had so much success because you seem like you know like if i was the person hiring i'd be like oh get this girl you know because you're genuine yeah you're genuine and you're not someone that's pretentious or just cookie cutter saying the same stuff you know because being live i mean that's you never know what's going to happen and every person's different, whether it's an athlete or a coach or fan, you know, people kind of, everyone's different. Everybody, not everybody wants to be interviewed all the time either. I've yeah. been really lucky in this that I've had, um, very, I've had really good bosses, um, good. really good leaders and who've been in my corner since day one, who have been very respectful of me as a female in this industry, uh, I would say the most negative thing that I ever have to deal with, really, it doesn't even come from within the organization. I mean, from Nuggets, players and staff, same with Avs, same with Broncos. Like, people have been very, very, very good to me, very respectful. Uh, like, I remember the Nuggets coach, Coach Malone. I mean, he he's like a classic example of a guy who, who respects women in the industry. He was amazing. I will say most of the negative comes from fans oh. and it's not all fans at all. I mean, heck it's not even, you know, not even 90%, but mm-hmm. there's a small snippet of sports fans and sometimes they're women and sometimes they're men. So I can't even tell you that they're always men who are really hard and they're really mean and they think almost that we're not human and sometimes I'll read comments and I'll see what people say and I'm like oh man like I shouldn't even read this stuff because it's so it's so hurtful right mm-hmm. and they get that you know just because I'm on camera and just because I'm sharing a story and kind of making myself vulnerable in that situation that doesn't make it right for them to kind of 
say whatever they want about yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I think a hard thing is being a woman in sports, specifically sports like football. Um, I've never played football before. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, I'm not going to listen to you. You're a woman. You've never even played sport. Uh, how could you be a credible source of information about the team or about the league? And I'm like, trust me, I do my homework. Yeah, yeah. good for you. I don't show up unprepared for anything. Yeah. So it, that would, I, that's probably the biggest challenge. It's not even people within the industry. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But also there's something to be said, like about people who attack someone behind a screen, you know, like someone that says, it, warriors. yeah, yeah. Like it's like, they're tweeting this or they're commenting in it. It's like, yeah, I'm super grateful to hear that. And I think that's yeah. good because I think when there's, you know, that crowd group mentality, the group think, you know, where there's power with, if they can't be called out individually because they're in a big group and they can heckle or harass yeah. or as Maggie said, behind the screen, you know, that's, that's yeah. a cowardly sort of but that's act, great right? and yeah but it's great with who you work with that you don't feel yeah. um disrespected in any sense which I felt like I was the little sister um specifically I really felt it with the abs I walked in I mean I would get you know tape thrown at me the guys would like heckle me like I felt like I was a part of the family like I was just like their little sister who you know I yeah. don't know it, such a great family vibe with the Broncos it's a similar vibe it's taking me a little, a little bit longer to kind of break into this family yeah um, there's so many more guys yeah. <laughs> the football team is massive yeah, yeah. it's like massive all 23 man you know hockey team to a 53 man football roster and that's only once the roster is set when I first started there were 90 guys out on the field and I was like oh my gosh this is crazy yeah and that has ever been disrespectful to me. Oh, so, good. That's know, great. People behind the keyboards. And even, I remember, I have to tell you guys a story about a woman who tweeted me all the time when I worked for the ads. Um, she would tweet me, at you? Tweeted me, telling me to change my voice and that she hated my voice. And I'm like, of all the things, like you can tell me that you hate my outfit or my hair. Or, or your my, shoes, yeah. Or any, or my shoes, or like anything else. Like you can't tell me to change my voice. Like, like when you put those sort of robotic sort of voice yeah. changers. And also, like, head. all right, lady who's tweeting at me, I'm gonna cater to you. Yeah, I don't want people to ever think that keyboard warriors are only men because good point. That's they're a really valid point. point. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah. Like obviously, I'm you know a woman and for the woman, but I do agree. Like there's some nastiness with females um, behind and even maybe more so through a screen or comments. And I've gotten it too, like from an online presence and it's just, yeah, it's not always men. Yeah. Um, I have a question though. What is advice you would give to someone who kind of wants to do what you're doing or wants to get into the industry or maybe just a girl who, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. Broadcasting, whatever. What advice would you give to those high school school college, like your younger self, I guess. Yeah, your younger self. No, and I'm lucky because I actually get to go and talk to some high schools and some college classes up at CU. Oh, good. I do get to give this advice sometimes, but my biggest one is kind of like we've talked about risk-taking, mm-hmm. um, not being afraid to get your hands dirty. Um, everybody thinks that they're going to graduate high school, they're going to go to college, they're going to, you know, get a great degree or education, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, bam, I'm on camera, I'm a broadcaster, I yeah. work for ESPN, and it's, that's just not the case. No. Um, you know, there's some people who are 
so talented where that does happen. But for me, like, sometimes I feel like I'm average on camera. So I feel like I have to work 10 times harder to be, you know, prepared, knowledgeable, credible. Um, I need to drink my coffee so I don't mumble and stumble like I have throughout this interview. No, like, you haven't. You oh, you're so well spoken. So it's just, there's small little things like that where, you know, you have to assume that somebody out there is working harder than you because yeah. that person, they're going to get the job before you will. So if you can outwork, you know, everybody out there, you will climb to the top and you will, um, you know, have the opportunities and get the opportunities because hard work, you can't, you can't, you know, misconstrue hard work. Like people will see that nobody's yeah. going to misunderstand your hard work. You're going to see your work ethic. If you have good work ethic, I think you can get really far in any industry, not just broadcasting. Yeah. Um, but like I said, taking the risk, doing those small jobs, the ones that are not glamorous because not only are you learning a ton about the industry? You're creating connections. Um, the people that I've met and the networking opportunities that came from pulling cable and doing Starbucks runs for the ESPN crew. I mean, I've met so many people within the industry that I feel like I can pick up the phone and call at any point. Hey, like I need a little bit of advice. I'm dealing with this, with this in my career right now. You can't put a value on like it's the relationships are invaluable. Like you have to create and maintain and build relationships in order to get anywhere in this industry. And always my last point that I tell people is, you know, never sacrifice yourself or your morals or your integrity to climb in the industry. That's a huge point to make. And that's sort of, as a women, as women, don't sell ourselves out for... I always tell people, like, don't sell your soul to the devil just to get them a job because you can get that dream job by hard work, like I said, work ethic, Mm -hmm. knowledge, credibility you'll get there it might take you a little bit longer but when you get to the top and you feel like you have you know sold part of your soul uh it's not going to feel as good right yeah you're gonna gonna have to do something else because at the end of the day you're gonna have regrets and why risk that you know you'll get there it just you might not be young Aaron Andrews when you get there you might be more of a Doris Burke but who cares you'll get there when you get there follow your own path Nice. I'm so glad that you go out and speak to, you know, students, high school, college. That's so important because that mentorship piece is what what everyone needs, male, female, you know, any any career. And the relationship building and that connection networking, true in every industry, really. And I like how you talked on, like, how your professors would be relaxed if you, you know, for real life experience. It's like, that's huge in college. And it's the communication aspect, right? Yeah. Like I think right now, and I can only imagine what it's like for kids in college right now, or in high school, uh, you've grown up literally with your face in a phone. I know. And just behind a keyboard. And it's hard to have really strong communication skills and have the courage to go up face to face. Don't email your professor and tell him that you need to miss class. Go to his face or her face. This is my situation. Yeah. You're so right. I work as a, sorry, I interrupted you. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> as a high school counselor, sometimes I'll have, and it's the texting that happens in an email that they're used to the texting. But I remember one they're student, like one student started out an email to me, and it was a female student. She said, "Hey, bro, um, no can I schedule change my?" I'm like, "Bro, like, did you reply is there a back? question that, that, that etiquette?" But at the face-to-face live is so, and I yeah. think it's a insecurity. It's developing those skills, developing yeah. the hey, would you be willing to write my letter of recommendation? Not emailing that person, but actually asking them face-to-face. It's so hard. Everyone's nervous about having those kinds of conversations. But I agree. It's the day and age, and now kids get phones at what? They're in, like, fifth grade. You know, like, I grew up, my first phone was in, it was like a flip phone in, like, seventh grade for emergencies. Right. So we grew up with I don't know. I don't know if it's better communication, but... Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I went to talk to a class up at CU. I think it was probably a year ago. And the kids were having a really tough time getting involved. Like, they didn't want to ask many questions. Um, and I felt really uncomfortable throughout this entire... Which is crazy for me to ever feel uncomfortable, ever. Like, that's yeah. just not... That's not yeah. my personality. But after I told the professor, I was like, the next time I come up, I have an idea. So you're just going to have to let me go with the punches here uh, and we'll see how it goes. And he was like, okay, are you going to tell me what it is? And I was like, no, honestly, I will, I will tell you though. I'm never experiencing that again. Yeah. I'm crazy how not a single kid had a, a question for someone who works in the industry. This is nuts, but whatever. So fast forward this previous semester. I started my talk to this class up at CU and I said, all right, guys, I'm Alexis Perry. This is what I do. Um, okay. Ask questions. And they were like, cricket, cricket. Like (laughs) you're just not going to talk to us. And I was like, you guys are hoping to be journalists and broadcasters. If you can't ask me a friendly face who wants to give you answers, if you can't ask me a question, you're not going to make it in this business. Yeah. Oh, come up with something. You know absolutely nothing about me. You can ask me any you can ask me what my favorite color is. I don't care. Start. Just ask me something, yeah. Ask me something. And I'm not kidding you. It was the best talk I've ever given a class because it forced them to get involved. Oh, I love it. They're so young and they're so scared. I know. Guys, there's nothing to be afraid of. I know, and you're, like, so kind. Oh, that's a great strategy. I was in school. My hand was going up every two seconds if we had a guest speaker, and they're like, all right, get this girl out of here. She's annoying. And you couldn't necessarily go around and do the touch thing with each person. (laughs) That doesn't always come full circle. And when there's 30 kids in a class staring at you, you're like, okay, I'm just going to have to be blunt now. (laughs) None of you are going to make it in this industry. (laughs) Go down the hallway to the academic advisor and change your major. Like, that's crazy that none, no one had a question. Yeah. Alexis, what do you like to do for fun, or what do you what do you do to relieve stress? When you have time and you don't have you have a whole let's say week and nothing is on the calendar that you have to do, what would be your perfect? Oh my gosh, a dream, a dream, or like a perfect day. It's yes. a dream. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. I um, I don't know. So this is a thing. This is a problem that I actually have, and I can relay this message out there to people who struggle with this. I, I'm a workaholic completely. I, I love my job. I love what I do. You can ask my boyfriend. He's like, you only talk, live, work, breathe. Like, it's all work. Yeah, you yeah. love what you do, so yeah. it doesn't feel like work, I'm sure. 
Yeah, it's a hobby almost. It's like, cool, I get to talk about sports and football for a living. Like, it's not like that's the end of the world. <laughs> but yeah, like, I really struggle finding some of those things and taking time for myself to, you know, work on mental health. I, yeah. I don't meditate. I don't do yoga. Heck, if I get a workout in, I am stoked. <laughs> it, I can somehow always find something work-related to do to keep myself busy but I know in my heart of hearts that that is not a good thing like I need to have other things and I need to have outlets and I need to be able to relieve stress and you know I'm not great at that like I'm just like an anxiety filled like sports loving <laughs> reporter who just like loves what she does well it and sounds I, like it's working out just yeah, fine for you right now you is. know you'll know you'll know when it gets to the point if there, something has to change but it sounds like you don't need to change anything right now yeah but like I do love to travel my boyfriend and I went to Jamaica Ooh. right before COVID-19 hit <sighs> we went March 5th yeah so it COVID was, hit like right I, after a little bit like my mom was really concerned and there were like you know news reports out, and like while we were in Jamaica is when everything in Europe started hitting and like you know they were they were putting out travel bans for the U.S. Here we are, international in Jamaica. Like, are we going to be able to get home? Yeah. So I do want to travel a little bit more. In the NFL, they're great. I mean, we have a whole off-season um, yeah. to some vacations. So if you guys have any travel tips, I would love them. All right. Maggie yeah. loves to travel. We yeah, we to love travel. to travel. Well, you're you're gearing up for the busy time because I yeah. I'm sorry – I apologize. I don't follow football at all, <laughs> but I will follow you. Just listen to everything you have to say, and I'll just repeat it back to everyone I know. Yeah. <laughs> you dialed me for like what? One of your four or five home games last year. I know. Sure. I styled her. Oh, that was with fun. Aritzia. Yeah, that was fun. You're my uh, best customer. Favorite but one. You're coming into a really busy day. season, aren't you? I mean, this is really starting to amp up for you where you have to, I mean, I know the fall and I know things are, I mean, have they made any decisions yet of what yeah, it's can going you to look like? the inside scoop? Yeah, what's the inside scoop? No, no decisions yet on if fans are going to be in stadiums or anything like that. We're going to start phase one um, at the training center and actually at the stadium as well for employees to kind of start going back like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not going to be a lot of people. I think we can have a max of 75 total people um, within the three buildings that the Broncos have. Um, so that's yeah. just not a lot when you're looking at what 275, 300 employees. And that doesn't include coaches. So like if players and coaches need to start coming in, then other people need to start leaving. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, when you talk about the season gearing up, the season is crazy, crazy busy starting training camp in July. Um, but I will say the way that the NFL structures their regular season, their postseason, as well as their offseason, there actually isn't a ton of time, a ton of downtime yeah. from the NFL. Yeah. I you have, it. you know, training camp, you have preseason, you have the regular season, you have playoffs, and then, you know, obviously the Super Bowl. And I thought after the Super Bowl, I was like, oh, we're going to probably, what, are we just going to hang out for a few months now? Like, yeah. it was with hockey. And it was not that, it was like immediately, like, you know, free agents dismiss the draft and then we have a little bit of a lull right now but technically you know next month we're supposed to be gearing up for for training camp and we're, we're i don't know if we're going to be doing that so it's definitely interesting to kind of be experiencing this this being my very first off season in the nfl and kind of having to experience it virtually yeah really challenging you know everybody says if you can just 
you know, if you were going to the draft, it would have been different. If you were doing your shows from Las Vegas, or it's supposed to be held this year, it would have been different. Yeah, like, yeah. it's supposed to be different than what I'm experiencing right now. So it's going to be really fun, hopefully, next year, going through, like, a true year. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You're, you're an inspiration, Alexis. Stop <laughs> We do need to get drinks when this is all over. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a given. I so owe you, you one. Can I come? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course you can come. Are you crazy? I like my mom too. Yeah, your mom is so cute. I met her mom. Oh, you did? We oh. should have, we should do a round two with you on the podcast and have your mom. mom, mother, daughter. That would be a great podcast, wouldn't it? I wouldn't be able to say a word, so it'll be perfect. <laughs> my mom, she is you, Maggie. You've met her. Yeah, she's great. She is chatty. She is fiery. Uh, she's. It would be really fun, but. We'll do that, and then we also, the four of us, should go and get drinks once. Uh, uh, that would be yes. great. I would love it, that. Yeah. And if you ever need people to hold the cables for you. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> but maybe yes, well, you don't want to do it at training camp, because I am telling you, it is hotter than the hubs of hell. <laughs> like, it is so, so hot. Like, oh, you don't want to do it then. Yeah. But any other time. And now I'm just, Alexa, I'm just envisioning when you have a difficult interview and someone's not sort of engaging and you have to think about that physical contact, you're going to have to do like the elbow thing, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> elbows with the people. Yeah, like, life as we know it is I know. over. I know. Like, I'm scared. I'm sad. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, like you said, in interview settings, like, am I going to have to be six feet apart from everyone all the yeah. time? Because that's going to be... That's going to make a one-on-one interview really different. You have yeah. to, like, jump to the... Yeah. I'm wondering what you think. I know, I feel like we're... I don't know if we have any other questions, but I just... what Do you, do you think there's some, for you personally, and then not just personally, but in our society globally, what is, what's the good that's going to come out of what we're experiencing right now? Ooh. Like, what... Good question, Mom. Do, do you think of anything that you've already shifted in your, say like personal life or professional life or whatever that maybe wouldn't have happened unless we've been in this pandemic. I think everyone is just getting to know each other so much better. Mm. Um, you know, we talked about it earlier with young kids and kind of always being in the phone. It's easy to do that now too, when you're sitting at home and bored during quarantine, but you're forced to have more interactions with people who are closest to you. Yeah. So I'll say like my relationship with my boyfriend. Nice. It was never bad ever, but like we've just, been able to spend so much more time together nice. talk or learn so much more about each other quicker that it's like you know that love and that feeling like those feelings have just deepened nice yeah in a professional setting I will say you know communication and just problem solving mm-hmm. you know instead of being like well we can't do that like there's just no way it's like well and kind of in the circumstances that we're dealing with right now, you have to find a way yeah. to do your job. Well, you have to solve problems. You have to problem solve. And um, Maggie knows this, but I also do some work with NCWIT, which stands for National Center for Women in Information Technology. And it's all, and it's the mission is to help fill and uh, remove barriers for young women to get into the fields of technology, computer science. But it's all about teaching women 
to solve, to dig in, to try mm-hmm. to solve those problems. Like what problems do they want to solve? Not just technology problems, but world problems. And what right. you're saying is it is, you know, and I think, you know, I'm finishing up my last week as a school counselor and I'm retiring at the end of this week, basically. And yeah, super exciting. But I, um, uh, one thought I have is I'm hopeful that, students have developed some skills to not lean necessarily only on their teachers to spoon feed or hand over the information that they have to dig deep within themselves, like within motivation, like be resilient and then also figure things out without a teacher in the classroom pointing it out directly to them and and maybe I know it's been a huge challenge and there's been some equity issues around it as well which is heartbreaking because not all students and families have access I don't know I just I just hope they find some I like what you're I like what you're sharing because it's those relationships again yeah in our lives that are the most important and Maybe this has caused us to pause and slow down a little bit. Right? What did you read somewhere? Someone called it the great pause or the great pause. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think people are going to come out of this. I mean, I feel like people are tired of it right now. Yeah. And it is kind of, it's weirdly tiring just being forced to kind of stay at home all the time too. Like you don't have the same energy level. I hope people come out of this, you know, refreshed in yeah. a way, but also refreshed mentally. Like, mm-hmm. Physically, yes, like, okay, you got your physical rest, but mental, like, mentally, do you have a different outlook on the world now? You might, and and people that might be good, right? I also have to, like, the teamwork aspect of things, too. Like, you're slowly but surely realizing, as much as you think you can do this all on your own, that you don't need other people in your life, I mean, in your house in a few months, and you'll quickly realize you need people. Yeah, yeah, good point advice and um just even conversation right yeah human contact great points i think people are going to appreciate little things like eating out you know or and i want to hug you i hug elbows (laughs) i know those little things like like you said like just being able to sit down with someone and you know at no point ever in our lives have we been like oh man like how awesome would that be to actually get together for happy hour like, right. it was just like, happy hour would be fun you know meet yeah. up later social distance I think it's that proof that you don't know what you have till it's gone yeah, sort of thing. appreciate yeah, yeah. and um wake up call yeah hopefully this will all pass soon though yeah. and we can all return to someone yeah. normal thanks for being on this podcast <laughs>